Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is February 24th, 2023. Anno Domini. Tonight's stories, the East Palestine train catastrophe was 100% preventable, according to a new report. Next, body cam footage of Keith Moses, the alleged mass shooter arrested in Orlando, has been released. And finally, NATO rejecting China's 12-point peace plan for Russia and Ukraine. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Folks, the Poso Daily Brief is completely free, and it is available to you right now to sign up for one email directly to your inbox every single day. We're not going to inundate with you with these things. They are, again, completely free to sign up, humanevents.com slash Poso. You will get access to the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You want to be doom scrolling across social media all day long on Twitter, or Telegram, Getter, Truth, etc. You can have a one-stop shop to find out what's on my mind, what's going into the show, and even stories that don't quite make it into the show. The Poso Daily brief humanevents.com slash poso. Over the course of my career, and I've handled rail and pipeline and hazmat for well over 25 years, both Rob and I have sat with communities, with residents after devastating rail pipeline, hazardous materials releases. We've talked to community members who are suffering health effects, have pets who've died, have damage to businesses and homes. But I can tell you this much, this was 100% preventable. We call things accidents, there is no accident. Every single event that we investigate is preventable. 100% preventable. That's what we're now being told. What you just heard was from the chairwoman of the National Transportation Safety Board, the NTSB. Their preliminary investigation is out. The Norfolk Southern Railway train derailment with subsequent hazardous material release and fires from East Palestine, Ohio. So here we go. On February 3rd, 2023, about 8.45 p.m. local time, is eastbound Norfolk Southern Railway General Merchandise Freight Train 32 November N derailed 38 rail cars on Main Track 1 of the Norfolk Southern Fort Wayne line of the Keystone Division in East Palestine, Ohio. The derailed equipment included 11 tank cars carrying hazardous materials that subsequently ignited fueling fires that damaged an additional 12 non-derailed cars. First responders implemented a one-mile evacuation zone surrounding the derailment site with affected up to 2,000 residents. There were no reported fatalities or injuries at the time of the accident. Visibility conditions were dark and clear. The weather was 10 degrees Fahrenheit with no precipitation. So, of course, this is focused. I want to be very clear. This is not focused on the response to what was done with the vinyl chloride. That was a completely separate investigation. That is a completely separate decision that was not made by NTSB. They're only focused on what actually caused the train derailment. And you may remember that on this show, we've specifically put this within the framework of saying that we are viewing the collapse of complex systems. What do I mean by that? The collapse of complex systems means we are now in a time where the very weight of our own society, the very weight of our own industry is now collapsing upon us because we've become so over-reliant to the system that we believe 
that everything we read is 100% true. We never question anything. We never look into the system. We never think, well, that's not our problem. That's the system's problem. I can't go against the system. I can't go against the framework. I can't go against the guidance. I just have to trust the experts. So uh, it, it gets into a little bit more talking about these. So they have sensors for bearings. And bear with me on this. I'll get a little technical. They have hot bearing detectors for axles along a train. So as you can imagine, the bearings, the axles on a train that's moving at high speed, we're told it was 47 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone, that they're going to get warm. They're going to get hot over time. So they have detectors to check the bearings and the axles to make sure that they are not, in fact, on fire. Of course, we know that wasn't the case here because it was on fire for miles. We're told that the first indicator, the first sensor said that it was 38 degrees. 38 degrees above uh, above the ambient temperature. The next sensor was that it was showed that it was 103 degrees above temperature. So that means 113. And then finally, 253 degrees Fahrenheit. So actually, 263 degrees. Obviously, at that point, they pulled the train to a stop. But here's here's what I want to get into, and this is what I'd like to say. All along this. We're told this train was a mile long. And for that mile long train, do you know how many workers were actually on it? How many engineers? Three. There are three engineers on the train. You know, the Polar Express had like a hundred Tom Hanks's on it. But this, this train had three, which included hazardous materials. Hazardous materials, which later became a toxic threat and danger to the people living in that area. Three staffers. At a time where we're in a low workforce participation rate, where we're worried about the threat of automation, have we ever stopped to consider that what happens if we become over-reliant on automation? Because, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, this train would have been full of engineers, workers, maintenance workers, you would have had old Bill on there. And old Bill would have said, you know what, guys? We've got a problem on number 23. Slow down. I know it's going to put us a little behind schedule, but we got to check this thing out. Something don't feel right. Something don't look right. On car 23. But instead, we've decided to turn over all of our safety protocols to these systems. In the name of efficiency and in the name of the GDP. It's cheaper to pay workers. You make the trains longer and longer, a mile long. Don't worry about it. The system will get it. I'll tell you another thing about old Bill. When he was on shift, probably wasn't on his phone the entire time either. He was actively looking at the cars, actively checking things out. And look, I'm not saying that that's what happened here. But what I am saying is we have to take an overall look at this. We are becoming a country and a society that is over-reliant on automation, over-reliant on these systems, and at the same time, it is becoming a detriment to the very people that they are supposed to be serving.
Look, folks, the dollar just hit a seven-month low, and we all saw what happened with the crypto market last year. Why would you trust your hard-earned savings with unstable government printing more money while on the brink of default? Take my advice. Protect your financial future with something real, gold and silver, from my friends over at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver, or if you prefer, have it delivered securely straight to your front door. Since the beginning of time, there's only one universal currency, and that is always of value, and it's gold. Allegiance Gold is the highest rating in the industry, five stars of TrustLink, and a AAA rating with the Business Consumer Alliance, plus an A+. From the Better Business Bureau, you can invest with confidence because of the quality and service from Allegiance Gold. Get up to $500 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithposo.com. We may not be able to control the policies of the Biden administration, but we can prepare for the consequences. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Get on your face. Get on your your face. Get on your face. Get on your face. Relax, man. All right, we got him secure. Relax. Hey, all you guys hey, coming up. He relax. Relax. That way, that way. Go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go secure that whole area. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Everybody down there needs to be fucked. I can't breathe. He walked up and down there. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. We're going to help you up, okay? I can't breathe. Roll him on the side real quick. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Yeah, he made me on some drugs. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. He may be on some drugs. He's getting you up. He's getting you up. Hey, good job, Ellie. So what you're watching there is the body cam footage that's now been viewed millions of times online of Keith Melvin Moses, 19 years old, Orlando, Florida. This is about 20 minutes outside of Walt Disney World, by the way, just so you have an understanding where this is. Pine Hills, Florida, Pine Hills neighborhood. He's being arrested for the killing of a TV reporter, a woman, and a nine-year-old girl. And in fact, he shot five people in total. What did he do? This is just a couple of days ago. He killed a woman in a car who was riding with his cousin. He then fled the scene. That happened around 11 a.m., on February, let me check this out, February 23rd. He later returned to the scene hours later, this is from NBC News, and opened fire on a TV reporter and a photojournalist who were doing a story based on the shooting, kills the news crew, or at least tries to kill the news crew, kills the reporter, injures the photojournalist, he enters the home, there's a woman and her daughter in there, he shoots both of them, shoots the mother, kills the nine-year-old daughter. The mother is still in the hospital. She may pull through. Then this guy goes and gets arrested for all this, which again, by the way, it's, it's on video because there, we just told you that there was, there's footage of it, a horrific murder of a guy just doing his job, 
reporting on the scene of a crime, being blown away. So who is Keith Melvin Moses? Uh, this, this individual, this insane individual who murdered all these people, including a nine-year-old little girl 20 minutes outside of Walt Disney World. He's a known gang member with a lengthy rap sheet, grand theft, domestic violence, burglary. This is somebody who never should have been on the street to begin with. All the way back to age 14, he's been involved in and out of jail. Let's see, grand theft, battery, domestic violence, armed robbery, grand theft of a motor vehicle that was amended to misdemeanor trespassing. Oh, amended to misdemeanor trespassing. Oh, that's fun. Which he pleaded no guilty. And he was sentenced to just a year of community control, which is essentially house arrest, outside other than work, school, or public service hours. Then he was arrested, charged again, domestic violence, battery, touch, or strike, pleaded no contest, sentenced to a concurrent year of community control. In 2015, burglary, pled not guilty. The case was dismissed, was arrested again in 2018, robbery with a weapon, which is amended in court to attempted robbery with a weapon and get, look at this, pled not guilty and was ordered to, here we go, here we go, a concurrent sentence of low risk residential restrictiveness commitment level. Do you see what this is? He was never put in jail. He was never put in jail for any of these things. Not even juvie. 2021, arrested on a violation of imposed conditions and charged with possessing less than 20 grams of marijuana. Misdemeanor case was dropped again and again and again and again. He has brushes with the law, brushes with the law. And down there in Florida, this gang member was allowed to continue his crime rage until it got to the point where he's committing mass shootings again and again. How can you look at something like this and not get upset at the state of where our country's in? This is just outside, is 20 minutes away from Walt Disney World. When they used to do CPAC in Orlando, okay, this is not far from there. This is in the area where there's, there's hotels around here. There's, this is the, you know, when families take their hotels down to Orlando to go to Disney World or go to the parks or wherever, um, that's where you stay because you want to save a buck, you want to save some money. But what happens when the crime around Disney World, the Magic Kingdom, right, becomes so bad that you're now dodging bullets just to get in to see Mickey, to get your little selfie with the, uh, you know, the princess's castle, Cinderella's castle. Gangs running rampant down in Orlando. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. This, this country has a crime problem, and it's not just Florida. But when you see a story like this, somebody who by all rights was asking to be put in jail for a long time, again and again and again. And I remember... When we were talking back about the Singapore option and I see a guy like this, which again, this is on video. So at some point in this murder trial, 
if he ends up pleading not guilty, that video is going to come out. And what does he do? He repeats the George Floyd incantation. I wonder where he learned that. You're killing me. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. No one's even touching him when he says that. Or if they are, they're not putting pressure on him. They've got like one hand. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Because he understands it's an incantation. This is your get out of jail free card. And from his perspective, why not? Because he's been getting out of jail for his entire life, for every single crime that he committed right up until this one, the murder essentially of a little girl and her entire family. And China should not do that because that will be to support an illegal war or aggression, uh, breaching international law and, uh, and violating the UN Charter. And China is a member of the UN Security Council and they have a particular uh, responsibility to protect the UN Charter. And this is a war aggression violating uh, exactly that uh, charter. Um, then on uh, uh, the... The proposals uh, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and the points presented by China. Um, <clears throat> so first of all, China uh, doesn't have much credibility because uh, they have not been able to uh, condemn uh, the illegal invasion of uh, Ukraine. Uh, and they also signed just days before the invasion uh, an agreement between President Xi and President Putin uh, uh, on uh, uh, limitless uh, partnership with Russia. Uh, so uh, I think what we see now in uh, Ukraine uh, is that um, President Putin is not preparing for war. He's preparing for the exact opposite, for more war. So the CCP is out, and they are calling for a ceasefire between NATO and Russia. Now, what's interesting is that the CCP is calling it what it is, a war between NATO and Russia, clearly a proxy war between NATO and Russia, and it's all but you know, clearly acknowledged. But here's what's interesting. So China puts out their ceasefire deal. Of course, NATO rejects it, obviously, because we know NATO is not going to want to do that because they are looking for escalation. Biden already gave them their marching orders earlier this week. So you look at this. NATO, Biden calling for escalation. Putin calling for escalation, says we're not backing down. China comes out, calls for peace. President Biden goes and says 12 billion more in spending, the new spending package for the war. But who really benefits? Think about this. Who actually benefits from Russia and NATO pouring all of their military resources and massive amounts of money into Ukrainistan. And oh, by the way, we have a special on Ukrainistan to mark the entire one year anniversary of this, this Sunday. It's going to be a Sunday special breaking down everything that's going on. Ukraine, the money, the escalation, the possibility of World War III, nuclear war, the fact that we've completely forgotten the rules that we learned from the Cold War, and how do we get out of it? So that'll be this Sunday. Ukrainistan, the battleground of empires. So think about it. Now you got former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo out there today saying the United States should escalate the war in Ukraine. Why? Because China and Russia have formed an alliance. 
This is how stupid the neocons are. He's saying that it's a good idea to escalate war with Russia so that we can also escalate war with China at the same time. I feel like Mearsheimer's warning was specifically designed for people like Pompeo, because what are they doing here? He's saying, you're escalating a two-front global conflict. Pompeo is saying, it's actually a good idea to escalate a two-front global conflict. It's actually this weird type of, I mean, I guess I'll give him honesty points for this, because he's admitting that's how he looks at the world. Who actually benefits? To answer my question familiar, who actually benefits from the United States and NATO going to war, our empire, the globalist American empire, versus the Russian empire? China, obviously. You have three great powers in the world. There's the globalist American empire, Russia, and China. Now, China is economically connected to both of the other two. You can't separate them. That's by design. But China wants to be the senior partner in globalism. That's why people like George Soros are freaking out because they realize that China doesn't want to be junior partner anymore. They don't want to just be the manufacturers of the world. They don't want to just be the factory. They want their own say. They want their own power. They're taking it because we sent all our money and all our financial capital there. So what do you do? Well, the answer is simple. Economic decoupling, as I've called for consistently and publicly since 2016, the way to deter the CCP is through economic decoupling, economic action, not military action. It's ridiculous. Getting into a war with China would decimate the United States, our population, our military. The amount of money that we'd have to spend through that would be insane. They're a nuclear power too, oh, by the way. So instead of doing something that would actually wreck our country, what if we did something that would revitalize our country? Revitalizing our country by bringing our jobs back, onshoring the jobs that were sent back or sent away to China from places like East Palestine, from places like Detroit, from places like what's now called the Rust Belt. You start pulling that back. You start pulling our medicine back, our supply lines back, our supply chains. Then suddenly, what's going to happen? Well, a couple of things will happen. Number one, CCP is going to lose. They're going to lose big massive dent in their economy, massive dent in their growth, they will go back to being junior partner and there's nothing they can do about it. Number two, what's going to happen? We're going to revitalize our country. We're going to actually care about the people who live here, who have families here, who work here. We're going to put tariffs. We talked yesterday about what is America first. We're going to put tariffs on foreign goods. We're going to put limits on these H-1B programs, these guest worker programs, whether high-skilled or low-skilled, okay? We are gonna have to actually do the hard thing. And that means grow our own country, invest in our own people, and not simply say, well, it's cheaper to get some immigrant 
from somewhere else in the world and it's cheaper to have something that's made somewhere else in the world. See, those things are cheaper. They're better for the GDP. They're better for the GDP. Well, what if, what if we put the USA ahead of the GDP? Funny, I know, right? So the USA actually includes the people who live here. And if we put those people first, it's doing a little thing called being America first. And it's going to be America first from now. So when we look at these policies, and I'm sorry, libertarians, and I'm sorry to Chamber of Commerce and everybody who doesn't like these things, we are going to put people first. We are going to do it, whether you like it or not. And I'm sorry, Mike Pompeo and the neocons, you are not going to get your war. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.